Hi there guys, welcome back to the All or Nothing podcast, doing something a bit different, probably a bit shorter today since it's over Christmas and well we didn't have many games to talk about so we thought we'd do our team of the year over so the past of 2021. I've got my team, Ryan's got his team, we've not spoke to each other about who we've put in our teams or like any of our formation or anything like that so it'll be interesting to see how we've thought about it and what we're what we've come up with for our teams so yeah what were some of your sort of opening like thoughts on how you wanted to build a team what were like the main things you were looking for when you were putting yours together immediately i was like four three three because every every team basically goes for a four three three now like unless you're antonio conte and you're the greatest manager on the planet you do uh, five at the back most people and most successful teams are for a, di- a dynamic 4-3-3. And then from there, it was... This was actually... It was hard. It was really, really hard trying to pick who was going to be in this team. Yeah, I sort of found the same. There were a few positions where I was really, really struggling. Like, I went for a 4-3-3 as well. It was just, like... I think it's the easiest one to sort of fit the players into that you want. But there were some positions where I was just like, I don't really... like. Obviously, I think a couple of them you're probably nailed on for a few players. Like, I'm sure right wing, we pro- right back and left back, we probably have, and maybe the defense are probably all very similar. Yeah. But it's sort of when you look at the midfield, like holding midfielder and left wing or left mid and right mid, really, as well. It's sort of like they were the three hardest positions for me to choose. Yeah, same. Out of out of all of them, like the, that mid the midfield is like the hardest thing I thought, and I it got to the point where I was like looking into stats so much, I was just like, I just need to make a decision because I'll spend I can just spend hours looking at the stats and try and justify it, but it's just you need to go with it eventually. I was the same. I was the total same. Do you want to get into what we go from goalkeeper up? Yeah, goalkeeper, then left back, yeah, centre back, right centre. Yeah, that's right. fine. So for my goalkeeper, I picked Allison. So who did you go with? I went with Ederson. Okay. I thought I thought you would go for Ederson. I thought that was like a a simple no, one. No, no goalkeeper. I was I was actually like proper. I was very struggling for my goalie. Like I, I wanted to go Ederson. He's had the most clean sheets for the year. He's been brilliant. But then I also thought maybe Mendy because he was he's been very good. Like he's had a, he's had a brilliant year. But then also there was likes of Emmy Martinez who last year is actually absolutely killing it but then this season hasn't done so well so it's it was a hard one but my thought was Allison. he didn't have a solid like he had a holding midfielder playing as a centre-back for most of 2020 the half of 2021 he's had not a super solid defense around him at all his performances have been amazing and this year he's I think he's been the best goalkeeper in the league so far this season and I just think, I think really. See, I think Ed- Edison, I could have easily put him there because you know Champions League final, Premier League winner, Carabao Cup winner. But his the defense he has in front of him is so much stronger than what Allison had at that that first half of the year. You know what? Yeah, okay, I could see that argument. I see for Edison, you you just stated the facts that he's Premier League winner, Champions League finalist. He won the Carabao Cup. And obviously, a good goalkeeper ideally has a good defense in front of them, so they never really oh, need yeah, to definitely. do much. But that, but when Ederson was called on, 
every time he he was there. I feel like Allison obviously had like like a fractured uh, defensive line in front of him, but I don't think that does enough for me to justify him being in over Ederson when I just last night or not last night, sorry, the, a couple nights ago, he literally made a a pointless sweeper keeper mistake to allow Son to score. And it doesn't feel like that's the first time he's done something like that. Like, Ederson's been quite eccentric at points, but typically successfully eccentric. Allison, I think as well that Ederson could have easily given away a penalty in the Newcastle game. We could be talking about the same sort of mistake. And True. So it, it's one of those ones where I think them, them two and Mendy, it was like, you could pick any of the three and be happy with it. Like, yeah. I don't think... And I think outside shout for me was definitely... Emmy Martinez, but also Fabianski. Like I yeah. think what what he does for West Ham, like they don't have the best defense in the world, but he is solid as a rock when he get when he's called upon, he like performs. Yeah, okay, I I could see that. I think Mendy. I feel I maybe should have thought about Mendy a little bit more. I I didn't really jump to him. I immediately just went to the 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 classic argument of Ederson or Allison. Um. I could I could be swayed on it because I'm I'm not I'm not a fan I, of either of the teams. But I don't know, Ederson like he had less to do, but when he did it he he was there, you know? Like it's one thing for a, a keeper to have twenty shots at him, make fifteen saves and concede five, but it's not his fault, it's the defence's fault for allowing that many shots to happen. But say that he only had two or three shots against him a game that they would be massive for the other team and he would comfortably deal with them. Whereas Allison, I, I can think of more Allison mistakes than I can think of Ederson. But oh, I don't know. Like it is a really, really tough one. Yeah. It's been like this ever since they both came into the league. It's I yeah. I don't know who I would have picked. No, it's one of those ones where I think like I said, either are brilliant like candidates for it. I just think for me what Allison did with like the broken defense, and I think he's been very solid this season. This season as well, so that's just why I picked him. But yeah, I think either or really could have been very happy with. I think so, for the sake of this, I I would agree with you. And for our overall eleven combined, I I will I will take Allison. I I yeah, would take okay. Allison. Who have you gone with at left back then? So I feel I feel like I maybe cheated this one a wee bit Ooh. because. He's not a natural left back, but he play he plays there quite often. I'm a huge, huge fan of him. And it's Cancelo. It's, it's, it's Cancelo. He's under he a natural left back. He's is he? I thought he was back. a natural yeah. right back. But no, Kyle he's Walker. Back, but he, no, he's naturally left back. He plays right back like when Walker's not. A... Okay, well that just made me feel much better about my decision. I thought it was yeah. the other way around. I thought no, he I've was. Gone, I've gone with Cancelo as well. Yeah, he's unbelievable. <laughs> he's he's oh, absolutely yeah, unbelievable. Last season he was amazing, but then this season he's just absolutely taken off. He's been insane. He has done the classic Pep thing where uh, a player will come in and he'll be okay and people will be like, probably he needs to get shipped on, he's not worked out here. And then suddenly it just clicks and he's one of the best players in the team. And that is, that is exactly what Cancelo is. He's fit that mould perfectly. There's Some of the balls that he's playing uh, for like assists are Trent Alexander-esque. Like he's just taken up that exact same role almost perfectly, almost out of nowhere. Like we always knew Cancelo was probably going to be a good player because you could see game on game he was getting better. But my god, he has turned on this season. He is he's so scary to play against. But 
Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, the best person to compare him against is Trent, because they are playing, basically, the, mm-hmm. they do the same thing just on opposite wings and it's just yeah the the balls he plays he doesn't take he's not a set piece taker but you know i think it's something like oh so two goals three assists this year trent's two goals seven assists which is in oh no this is last season sorry but yeah it's just insane like what what they do for their teams respectively is amazing like another candidate i th- could have possibly had at left back was ben chilwell because of yeah. how well he's been this season but I just think that like if you're in a team and you're full, you're one of the fullbacks in the team and then you're one of the two top scorers like it doesn't seem like the team's probably working right yeah yeah so like I think Chilwell was probably my second choice left back if I had to make one but yeah Cancelo was just like way above everyone else he was like as soon as we were doing this I was like I know Cancelo is going in mind he was uh he was one of the first names on this team sheet for me as soon as I looked at the position I was like Cancelo has to go in there yeah. So, so I, I, that one's who, easy to agree. Easy to agree. Yep. Yeah. Uh, left sided centre back, who have you gone with? I didn't really like look into who plays left or right. I just yeah. picked obviously one of the best. It's obviously Ruben Diaz. He's yeah. so good. Yeah. So good. I've, I've, I've gone with the same. Like, it's just. You can't. I think since he's come in, like him and Thiago Silva have been like the best centre backs in the league. Yes. Completely. Like, I know they sort of play in different formations and that, but yeah, they're just so good. It's so easy to say. Like, I I remember when Laporte was the man. Like, uh, when Laporte Laporte was one of the first names on the team sheet for City, and then Diaz came in, supposed to pair up with Laporte, and Laporte shifted away, and it was Stones and him, and they were yeah they were unstoppable when they were on. like the last season, that run of what was it, twenty-two games unbeaten? Yeah, it was mental. Like in that from that January period onwards, where you were just unstoppable. No, I know it was. It, it was it was a good run of games to to watch. It must be nice. <laughs> it must yeah, be nice. it was lovely. It's <laughs> watching my team finish uh, seven. <laughs> <laughs> Get knocked out of the Conference League. <sighs> ah, that's fine. We got we got kicked out. We didn't even didn't even lose. Yeah. That's it. Technicality. I don't think we need to say much about no. Diaz, really, do no. we? No. I'm assuming that your right side centre-back is probably going to be the same as me, Thiago Silva. No, it's no? actually Rudiger. Rudiger? Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Which, I, like, obviously, if we're talking about, like, formation-wise, he doesn't actually work in a four. No. He doesn't, work, he doesn't actually work in a four. But I think, as a right-sided centre-back, he has been the best in the league since he's come in. Like, he is an absolute shit house. Like, oh, fuck it. See, you're not looking too confident. <laughs> I don't like him. Uh, no, I don't like him either, but I think he's been brilliant. But Thiago Silva, man, he's... Came, no, I know. He... I did just say, like, I think Thiago yeah. Silva's been, like, the second best centre-back in the league since him and Diaz have come in, so it's a bit contradictory, but I don't know. Just for me, I feel like for the right-hand side, Rudiger works in that better. I, Thiago Silva is the reason that Rudiger looks so good, though, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think because Thiago Silva made Christensen look good in the Champions League final. Christensen became like a, an essential player to Chelsea because of yeah, Thiago they Silva. They him out for that. It's quite funny. Yeah, like it's, and I think that one of the prime examples is uh, West the West Ham game. Obviously, they went on to lose it, which is say what you will about it. But Thiago Silva scored, and then 
literally like two minutes later made a goal line clearance like just ran back and stopped it it's like he has this effect across the entirety of the pitch that he just commands his areas that i don't think rudiger yeah, has like no do you not think rudiger's like aggressive but like <laughs> no i i would say like i i can fully understand where you think i just think like what rudiger like i he seems to not just be like purely defensive like he offers so much going forward as well true is what like that's sort of my reasoning yeah i mean rudiger does have like those bombing runs where he just runs through the middle of the field i don't know man but it's tiago silva's what 36 37 37 and he has came into this team and revolutionized that back line i feel like that he has just made them defensively yeah, it was a bit solid. Of, uh, signing out of nowhere when it wasn't it? It was a bit like yeah. It almost seemed like why. I remember actually, like I obviously I respected Thiago Silva. He's not a real footballer, but it seemed weird with how young Chelsea's team wa- was with who they were signing to bring in Thiago Silva, who. But then obviously having the age and the experience yeah. of winning so much with PSG, and then also being a player that is still very much at the top of his game. Which is yeah, which crazy. is insane. It's absolutely crazy, and that's why he. I feel like he is a massive reason to why Chelsea went on to win the Champions League that season. And I, Rüdiger doesn't command that for me. I, Thiago Silva comes into that team, doesn't come into that team. I think people have major issues with Rüdiger and Christensen trying to be in that back line, and that they are their problems are often solved by Thiago Silva being the man that will stay back like Rudiger makes those bombing runs which is I love when centre-backs do that I always think it's great but the man that picks up the pieces for when that generally doesn't work all the time is Thiago Silva he is the one ensuring that nothing gets passed in those moments where the team want to go up and be very attacking which Chelsea often are yeah I I, I get that I, I get that I'm, I, I'm pretty swayed on the on that there yeah Thiago Silva all the way can't stand them, but right back, open and shut case. You you go first for this one. Trent. Trent. I went Reese yeah. James. Oh. <laughs> See, you know how much I love Reese James. I think he's brilliant, but I just think that, like, yeah, I just think Trent is a, the best. Like, I go back and forth from this. Like every week, I yeah, feel same. Like it's one week. One week it's Trent's the best next week it's this Reese James so it's, it's like the goalkeeper one I think either of them you could happily put then it's a nice problem to have as an England fan that both are so good yeah that's true but it's yeah I don't know I just feel like Trent I feel like he offers a bit more going forward and Reese James offers a bit more in the defensive side but Reese James has how many goals this season like four or yeah, five it's like four or five and it wasn't like this only started this season. I'm certain that he was very much contributing to that attack in progress last season. Um, he, I, I really, really, really like Trent. And generally, I would pick Trent over Reese James. But we also need to remember that there was a very real possibility that Trent wasn't even going to play for England in the summer. Um, but Reese James was. Like, he was going to yeah. be playing. And it's because... It's not... I wouldn't say it was Trent's fault. It was very much a Liverpool problem. Um, but he he wasn't producing what we know Trent to. And I think also there might 
soon come maybe an injury issue with him because they don't have anyone to play in cup anyone yeah. to play in that position during cup games. It is just like they don't have it any decent mm-hmm. right back other than Trent. Like, I don't know who their second choice right back is. Couldn't even tell you. No. Sorry. Whereas at least I know on the left side they have Simicass who can get a few out in the League Cup and Yeah. See this is like that this is exactly why I've picked James is that because when Trent wasn't really clicking for that for that second half of the season this year Reese James was and Reese James is still very much clicking this season and because this is a, a, like a team of the year for like the past year I, I have to like even though I think Trent is objectively the better footballer Reese James has been better overall this year more consistently Trent has had a big dip and obviously he did get injured before the Euro started so that could have been like a massive thing for him he could have really picked up and it probably would have swayed me right now but because we spent so long going, oh, will he be in the England team? It wasn't because he was like a bad player or didn't deserve to be there. He just didn't have a great second half of the season. Yeah, didn't have a great run of form in that part. Yeah, but Reese James did and yeah. still is. Doesn't yeah. seem to no, be stopping. I can definitely see that. I, I just think that if you didn't have Trent in that Liverpool team during the second half, they wouldn't have produced any, like, they wouldn't have been able to probably challenge Real Madrid because like they wait did they challenge Real Madrid yeah wait, I'm trying, trying no they no Real Madrid beat them didn't they yeah I'm I'm just waffling now but they wouldn't be able to have challenged I, I think in the way that they did some of the games because I just think Trent is so important to their attacking performance yeah no he definitely is and without Trent uh problems problems really pick up for yeah Liverpool and I, I think he is their second probably their second most important player behind Salah for me. Ahead of Van I would say he's more important than Van Dijk. Yes and no. Because I think Van Dyke's Van Dyke, isn't he? Like I think Salah still very much can produce and create goals for himself without Trent. Whereas Trent's really good defensively just as much as he is as an attacking wing back, but yeah, I don't really buy into the whole he's a bad defender. I just think he he's not he doesn't offer as much as Reese James. Yeah. I think Reese James is Reese James is quite rounded and that his Reese James is definitely developing on that that attacking front. He's also starting to be a main set piece taker for Chelsea as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Um I I I just can't I don't know if I could really be swayed on Trent considering like he is essential but like that the second half of the season, that whole Liverpool team was. It's it's hard to say they were subpar because they still finished in the top four, but they were, there was a real chance they wouldn't though. Yeah, um, they. What did they? They were not like. Was it not like seven games on the bounce to? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I. I don't know. I feel like the Trent Reese James one was like a very much that that was one of the positions where I sort of yeah was he was the first name and then when I was sort of looking into it I was a bit like like which one do I go with here. And I went sort of, I probably went heart overhead on it, but you know, it's what it is. Well, that's fair. I mean, can, you're not being swayed at all. I'm not. I can't. I really can't. I really do like Trent, but like I was, yeah. I was in the camp that he was not good enough to be in the England squad, regardless oh. of how he how he had been in previous seasons. He wasn't good in that moment. So I was like, and yeah. uh, point proven, England got to the final without Trent. Yeah. They didn't need him because at right back they had. Was it Kieran Trippier and 
Reese James. Yeah, yeah, like when you're playing Kieran Trippier right back, and it's like, what the fuck? Kieran Trippier's good. I knew this when he was at Tottenham, and Tottenham had the problem, and then he went to Atletico Madrid, and he became a key player, and they won the league. So, Kieran Trippier over all of them is all I'm saying. <laughs> so, in your number six role, holding midfielder, who did you go with? Kante. Kante? Okay, I went with Declan Rice. Yeah, I could see that. I think that was probably where I was not 100% starting on. The only reason I went for Kante was um, I was really thinking about that argument of when people were like, if he wins the Euros, sure that he wins the Ballon d'Or. Um, yeah. Because he is so essential to that Chelsea team. He literally... It's hard because I'm I'm now basing this on the past, which isn't the point of this. But he went from Leicester after winning the league straight to Chelsea, won the league again. He's won the Champions League with them. He's been to cup finals with them. He's he's just essential to like every team that he's involved in. Um, and I th- I think that it shows when he's not in the Chelsea team. Um, and now I'm starting to really think about it. And I also he's been injured, but he's also been. Yeah, he's only played nine prem matches this season. Yeah, he's, he's, even when he has played, he's been awfully absent. So I think I, yeah. I'm already like convincing myself out of my decision <laughs> this, to pick This Kante. is the thing: it's like last season, brilliant, absolutely banging. Like, yeah, he's probably the reason they won the Champions League. He absolutely ran that midfield against he us. He did. He was he bossed us in that. Like, yeah, but I just think that Declan Rice, his performances are so consistently brilliant for a West Ham team that probably shouldn't be fighting for top four two seasons in a row. Yeah. Like Yeah. You like I I just think that what he he offers them, he he could potentially go da- down as like if he stays for longer and they win stuff, he could maybe go down as their best ever player. Not poss- yes. Poss- possibly replacing Bobby Moore as their best ever player. Which is sad for he's- them because he's a massive Spurs fan obviously. <laughs> Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Given his cousin, <laughs> and then also the fact he's got Son's signed uh, signed jersey and Kane's signed jersey in his yeah as uh, his uh, friend. I think he, well, he's obviously actually a massive Chelsea fan, isn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. But he went through he went through the Chelsea academy with Mount. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just think that he's so young as well. I think you have in your hands there one of the best holding midfielders in the world, probable. F- Current, essentially current West Ham captain because Dave, Dave, Mark Noble never really plays. Yeah, you have probable future England captain. Yes, if I if I had to put my money on a player, it would be him. Like I, he is such a leader. He's twenty two years old. He commands West Ham. He like just gives so much to them. He's not even really so much a holding midfielder anymore. He yeah, he, I was going to say that in where he plays is a holding midfield role, but he is much more like box-to-box now as well. Yeah. He, he's developed his game so much. I, that was a big thing I was about to say that when I started thinking about him when you were talking, is that he, you see him making those bombing runs from midfield into the box a lot more. He's scoring more. He's just being a, a lot more involved in the key passes that result in goals. Um, he's no longer just the man that's like preventing you from like getting to his defence. He is literally the reason that the team is also scoring goals a lot of the time the the fact he's 22 his game is developing so much and so rapidly like from the start of this year to now he's a a drastically better player but he was already really good to start with 
And if you look at what David Moy said, in the summer, a hundred million quid was a good deal for him. Like, yes. I think now, if you're looking to sign him, you're probably talking like a hundred and fifty million. Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to be Which a is... real pricey purchase to get him. Yeah, I think he's out of contract in twenty three or twenty four, and it's the mad thing is he's like, he's not even one of the highest paid players at the club. <laughs> Yarmolenko is earning more money than him. That's that's actually criminal. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, okay. I, 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 Ben Cante, by Cante. Uh, hello, Declan. I, I'm, I'm fully with the, I'm on the Declan train now. Yeah. So, left, left uh, midfield. Um, again, similar to my centre backs, I didn't really pick in the way that um who would work best in the exact positions, but uh, I went for Bernardo Silva. Because he's okay, just like an attacking yeah. midfielder, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, like, I, I went with Bernardo as well. Yeah, he sounds like well. Obviously, as I've said in a previous episode of Pub, I think he is the current best player in the Premier League. He's amazing. Um, I don't really need to say much more on him. No, he's probably one of the best players just, in the world. Yeah, easily. But, yeah. I think that, yeah, um, that's a cut and dry one. I, I don't think I need to justify why yeah. he's in anybody's team of the year. He should be one of the first names on the team sheet for yeah. anybody. Who have you got at right midfield? Gundogan. Okay, I've gone with someone a bit out of out of let's say out of right field. Uh, gone with Conor Gallagher. Okay, why? Which, <laughs> well, obviously, was a part of a West Brom team last season that did go down. Mm-hmm. Still had amazing stats in that team, like, and then this season has been such a key player for Crystal Palace and has been amazing like yes I think he has been probably the signing of the summer like for a Premier League team I don't think any Premier League teams probably made a better signing than him and it's a low move as well like you look at all the moves the big teams made none have had the impact that he's had at Crystal Palace that's true that is true but I I completely understand where you're at with Gundogan he was Gundogan? Gundogan? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very sure I've heard commentators call him uh, yeah, every no, version of the I, name. I go between it, but um, like he had that period from like January to February where he was probably the best player in the world. He was insane. His stats were mental. Like, didn't he score the most goals he had ever scored like in a career like season? I just think he's not sort of... I I just think when I look at the impact that Conor Gallagher's had to that this Crystal Palace side, I just think that he couldn't not be in it for me, but... I, completely understand why you've got Gundogan in I understand Conor Gallagher right I think he's an outstanding footballer and he is definitely he is the main man at Crystal Palace now which is crazy because that's a team that has been ran by Wilfred Zaha for multiple years but Gundogan granted he's not having this the season he was last season right now but he who who really goes in in front of him and that city team. But he's not he's not regularly starting it for us. Who who goes in front of him? Who goes in front of him? What in, right? Like just uh, who who would you play over Gundogan? Like De Bruyne. I you I still don't like. I don't think Kev is uh, a, a big thing for that team anymore. I think he's comfortably played without Kevin De Bruyne. He's still great. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh yeah, but... definitely. But I do think if you are talking about like. Who would start ahead of him? Like De Bruyne starts ahead of him, ninety nine percent of the time. How many? What's going to one stats right now? He's played what twelve matches this season, three goals, three assists. That's big, man. Like 
Uh, it's all, obviously it's only three goals three assists but he's also a midfielder so he's had six goal involvements in 12 matches yep. um, so it's one in two games he's involved in something I mean De Bruyne's had five goals this season so far right I didn't know that <laughs> we get out done here I, I, I think like the easy choice to put in was De Bruyne but I don't think he was I don't think he would have I don't I don't know I just didn't feel right putting him in there like I feel like He's been out injured and stuff like that. He's... Yeah, he's not had the like brilliant performances we sort of know. Like he is an amazing player and no doubt, but you know, he's not he does have a bit of an injury issue. He does. Like so here if we're gonna go off his stats for Gundogan, right? He's had eleven starts and one appearance in the Premier League. He's obviously played in the Champions League and stuff too. Um three goals, three assists. Uh, he's got 2.1 key passes a game 1.1 dribbles he only has uh, 0.5 fouls uh, 0.8 dispossession like I, overall like, I, Conor Gallagher yes he he was good in a bad West Brom team 100% um, but I don't think that uh, he, he wasn't getting like plaudits for it because West Brom was still very shit which is not his fault but when you are part of a bad team, it's hard not to get kind of dragged into the, that whole no, thought definitely. process. And the fact I that mean, Gundogan... Conor Gallagher is on nine... Nine... Um, what's it called? Um, six goals, nine, three assists in 16 matches over the year. Uh, 0.18 non-penalty goals in the 90th percentile for dribbles completed 89th for touches in the attacking area 82nd for pro- progressive passes received 93rd for presses I think I, I, I can maybe begrudgingly shift on this one because he has been really good this season should, should we meet in the middle and just go Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> <laughs> no I don't think that's fair I don't because I, I don't I, if, I, if I was going to give it to someone else it would be Gundogan so I, I'm happy to go Gundogan. Um, yeah, I stand by. I do stand by Gundogan. Okay. If you're happy to go for it, I stand by it because I think he yeah. was so good last season, and he has been, he has been consistently good this season. Not in the same way, but he's consistently good. So I stand by that. So I know you've been going left to right, but should we just skip the bullshit and go right winger Mohamed Salah? Yes, Mohamed Salah. I don't think we need to even justify yeah, this to don't. anybody. He is no, absolutely unbelievable. Um, yeah. Not better than Bernardo Silva, we've already discussed that. <laughs> but he is, he is, uh, insane, very good. It's actually crazy to watch him play football. I hate that he plays for Liverpool. I hate it because I really <laughs> oh, no. want to like him. I just do not like Liverpool, and it's so frustrating watching him be so, so good. A very annoying thing is a part of his um, new contract discussion renewals with Liverpool is that he wants them to sign Haaland for him to stay. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. I hate this timeline. Yeah, I know. Like, I actually, I am disillusioned enough to think the Spurs could compete for the Premier League next season. I'm disillusioned enough, and if that happens, it kills me. It kills all hope. Oh god, you've ruined my night. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you have a good Christmas Day tomorrow. Oh, don't. But having Salah, I think that was a guarantee it'd be crazy for anybody not to include him his stats this season alone yeah. would put him in even if he was terrible for the second half of last season he was absolutely 
he is absolutely unplayable at the moment. Unless uh, you're against Ryan Sessegnon, then you're getting pocketed. Watch out, Salah. <laughs> so. I, yeah. I think my, my left-winger role will probably be a bit controversial, so I'm going to leave you I, say it I first. See, I was stuck between two people on this. I'm going to guess you've gone with Son. Yes. Yeah, I've gone with Foden. Okay, this one's going to be hard, I think, for me, because I really yeah. do agree with you. Foden See, is the, really the good. The thing is, like, I... I I think the other one that you could have potentially put in is Mason Mount. <laughs> I don't. I, no, I don't rate Mason Mount. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not the only one because I I feel mental when I talk to people. He's good, him. but he's not that good. <laughs> he, he he's Chelsea's top scorer over the year. Yeah, that's more problem with Chelsea than it is with him. Yeah. And then uh, giving it the old, the old ear out, oh, just... tongue out at, at the Olympic Stadium. I just. No, he, uh, he's yeah, a good I, player. I, he is a good player, but he's not that. Yeah, he, no. Yeah, so I just think, he, you know, it's Phil Foden, isn't it? Future Ballon d'Or winner, potentially, if we're just going to throw it out there. Like, yeah, no, it, it, it feels that way. He's definitely is on that trajectory, and I think it, it will be hard for me to convince you that Son is. Son was my second choice. Son absolutely carried our team last season absolutely carried them I think he's carried you a lot this season Son is I I said this when the whole Kane saga was going to happen that when Kane was gone it would be a good thing because we would become Son's Tottenham we would build a team around him yeah because he if he was at any other team he would have won everything there is to win there he's unbelievable and it's actually it's I understand that why teams don't come in from because he won't leave Tottenham he, he yeah it's a very weird one I he think. just loves I, us he seems like he if he's gonna go for a move it'll be out of the prem yeah he won't go to another prem team i don't think he could that i could be happy playing against us um i think it comes into the whole we we were gonna be happy with him going to military service for like just under two years or whatever and still him be technically our player when he came back um but he is absolutely crucial to how we play and it's very noticeable when he's not on the pitch. Don't get me wrong, he is at times inconsistent, but that was very much a Spurs problem and not a him problem. But his stats for Harry Kane last season were absolutely unbelievable. They were Didier Drogba and Frank Lampard like level. Um, and without him, we 100% would have finished 10th, if not worse. And this season, under Antonio Conte, I know it's only been like a month, it's just he is absolutely crucial team. Harry Kane is nowhere to be seen, but Son he's still making is. up for a massive Harry Kane deficit for you at the minute. Yeah, and he is smashing I, it. I think the I'll use your Trent Alexander argument of that he is like doing what he can with a, a fairly bad team up until Conte came in. He was still very much a shining light in a a dire situation under Nuno Espirito Santos. But Phil Foden is Phil Foden. Uh, yeah, you, like probably, I think has the talent to go on to be England's probable best player ever. Is just yeah. playing amazing football. He's at twenty two years old. He is so good. Been to the Champions League final, won three Premier Leagues. How many Carabao Cups? Like, like it's just won the uh, same uh, amount of Premier Leagues Frank Lampard did in his career. And we're uh, filming a podcast um, at his age. Yeah, well, the thing is, we're talking about someone that could well go down 
he said he wants to stay at Man City for his whole career will probably, if his career trajectory stays where it is, go down as City's best ever player, potentially the Prem's best ever player if he carries on progressing at the rate he is under Guardiola. So I I just think that he, he's been our top goal scorer over the past year. <laughs> he... He just offers when he's on the pitch. I he is my favorite player to watch. Like he, I do really enjoy Phil Foden. He's so fun to watch. Like just brilliant. Yeah, I I, I can't I can't really pray. Like I I can just talk about him for like an hour. And so yeah, I can, I can shift on this one. I can definitely go. I'll I'll go yeah. for Foden because you're right. He's quite dynamic as well. You like can put him through. Well, the that's, he well. doesn't just play on the left left yeah. left winger. He plays left midfield. He plays false didn't then false nine role for us yeah uh yeah okay i'm happy to go and for I, I think it is gutting we've sold ferran torres that, i hate that what 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 could have been with him and him and Foden? but you know we moved i i did see something that's a bit off topic but i did see something about him ferran torres coming in and saying they want to replicate david silva and stuff like that in 18 oh, months yeah, later yeah, he's yeah, gone. that was a fun one because he and he got the shirt number as well. Yeah, he's suffered from the same issues I think Steven Bergwijn has suffered with at Spurs. That came during a pandemic, away from your family for the first real time in your life, and it was just I said I don't think it was an ideal time for any young player to move uh, countries to a different team. Was when I, I think Fernandez also a bit of an issue if you're Spanish. Obviously, like you probably it's a bit like Scotland. I'm assuming like you support you're local mm-hmm. but you also you're probably a Barca or a Real fan as well so yeah for sure if you're Spanish and one of those two teams preferably the one that you support comes in for you like yeah it's hard to say no isn't it like yeah. a lot of these these guys are st- still at the right age to have watched Real Madrid and Barcelona at an unbelievable peak yeah yeah that is a bit that is this point I really thought you could be a baller yeah same but we move I, I did like the Pep quote where he said a journalist asked him about it. He said, Ferran came to say to me that he wants to leave. I said, fine, leave. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> very cut and dry. Very clear yeah, how Pep like, felt yeah. about that. So, fair enough. What we like to see. So, number nine, striker. I've gone with Mikel Antonio. <laughs> uh, it's obvious I've gone for Harry Kane. Yeah. He's been he's so scored, bad this season. I was going to say, he scored two goals this season, mate. <laughs> Oh, why, why Mikel Antonio? I, I want to hear your reason. Oh, okay, okay. Golden Boot winner. Yep. Euros Golden Boot winner, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he scored was a goal. It not, was it Ronaldo? It may have been Ronaldo. I feel, no, sorry, what I'm thinking of is the fact that he was the playmaker as well of last season. He was playmaker in uh, Golden Boot. And obviously okay. he scored at the Euros as well, and he was very crucial to... Because um, he actually, I was he actually had the opposite issue. He was not called about winner of the Euros. Total bullshit. He had the issue where he wasn't scoring and people were slating him for it, and it just clicked in the knockout rounds. And then he was Harry Kane. Um, he, it's hard because I would say up until literally July, the end of July, August time, he was unreal. Harry Kane uh, and Son last season. I uh, mentioned it with Son were absolutely unplayable when they were just like on it and yep. he should have gotten his move to man city for a reason and if I'm he had we didn't sign him though i think if he had went he would have been fine he would have continued on his unbelievable form and use would have scored more goals because he's i i think that the mental side of 
being denied the move and then having an opportunity to be managed by Pep Guardiola and then getting left with Nuno Santos probably did take a, a big effect on him. And you've just lost the Euros and then two weeks later you're like, oh, am I getting the move to the City and that? So he has had a bad time of it this season. But I really think that everything up for those like first seven months kind of make up for the fact he's been pretty bad this season. Um, the, I think he was brilliant under Jose. I think he dropped off quite a bit under Ryan Mason though. Yeah, I think once Jose went... Jose made him an absolute beast. Oh like, yeah, I think. But the issue did become that he was like when we, when you had Jose, we were talking about him as like one of the best players in the world, and then the drop off, like, is crazy. I think the biggest problem under Jose was that he was great, but he was he also got the playmaker award, which is an amazing for a striker on top of the golden boot. But that did kind of almost ruin his attacking prowess. If that makes sense, and this for himself, like the selfishness of a striker, because he did, he went to the Euros and he struggled because he was asked, he was getting asked to be like a, a forward, to, to be a man who takes ball, shoots, scores. Whereas under Jose, he was having to drop deep and play mad balls and maybe make a couple of runs in that, and that's not what Harry Kane is. He's good at it, but that's not what he is. Um, he's he should be the man who's in the box and scoring those goals and it was really showed when he was under Nuno and that it just seemed like he was thinking far too much about what he was doing instead of just shooting he would be yeah. trying to create the perfect shot when that was never him he but Jose kind of instilled in on that it had it was like that they he was always looking for the perfect pass he was always trying to make things work where he just should have been shooting and I think that and it's taken a minute but now under Conte, it's starting to click. It's like, you're, you're a striker. Go score. That doesn't really make up for the fact, though, that he's um, been shit up till now. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I, I don't know. I think his form in the part... Like, like the this season has been dreadful. Like, he like, still that, has scored. That's just why... He's, yeah, he scored. He scored like he scored nine like goals, uh, nine or ten goals this season already. But, but I thought it was six. Um, he's got, he's got like four in the I'll conference, and then two in the prem. Which I think, if you're talking to somebody who's, we were talking about someone as the potential best player in the world at points last season. Now we're, now he's able to able to score only able to score two league goals in in the first half of the season. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is just really a testament to how much a manager can affect a player. Um, so I just think Antonio has been with Rice and Bowen enabled them West Ham to basically be the reason they've been so good. And is yeah. the fact he's gone from a right back to a striker is like just insane. Yeah, that's a that's a crazy development for where his career started to where he is now, and that West Ham do miss him. I think shown in the League Cup qualifier. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's the thing. They definitely need to sort that out. They need a striker to be able to come in when he's not there. Obviously, they signed Crow, who I almost said my mate's name because his surname's Crow. <laughs> um, when in the hopes that he could come in and be the striker to replace him, but just doesn't offer anything. So it's a bit. And the fact that you have Bowen, who then comes in and replaces Antonio, whose finishing isn't brilliant. And yeah, I think Antonio's biggest problem is injuries. He's just... Oh, yeah, you know there's going to be a hamstring at some point in this. Yeah. 
which is why West Ham do need a backup. You're right, but I've literally I've, I was looking at Harry Kane's stats while you were talking as well, and you're right, it's six goals. He's just and Mikel Antonio has just had such an influence on that team. It's actually like how you can go from a player that was very subpar and a very subpar West Ham team to being massive for them scoring loads of goals and along with Declan Rice heading that fight for top four and Jared Bowen as well just making them actually kind of scary to play um yeah I I, I can easily be swayed on this it, it was between the two for me but I don't it's probably a bit of recency bias but then also Antonio's not been performing brilliantly in the last few de- few games but I just think obviously Kane had the massive peak at the start of the year yeah, and like like we said about Gundogan, where he had the brilliant first one and a half two months of twenty twenty one, and then hasn't had that form since. Like you don't expect Gundogan to keep that, but when we're talking about Harry Kane, who is known as one of the best strikers in world football, it's like, yeah. why has the form dropped off so drastically? So I just think for the consistency factor, I, that's why I had to pick Antonio. I I will, I love Kane, um I really do, but yeah Antonio. Big Dick Antonio has to be there. Yep. All right. So I think that leaves us with a combined eleven of did we say Allison in goal? Yes. Cancelo, Diaz, Thiago Silva, yep. Rhys James. Yep. We went Declan Rice. Declan Rice. Yep. Yep. Bernardo Silva. Silva. Gundogan. Foden. Salah. Antonio. What team? Not a bad team. I think they'd win a, win a trophy or two. Yeah. Well, then I think that's us. That's it. Cool. Well, make sure you guys like the video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can watch our faces over on YouTube since the first video we've uploaded with our mugs. Um, obviously, if you want to listen to this on Spotify, you can go follow us over on there at All Nothing Podcast. All Nothing Podcast, that's the one. Uh, Thank you guys very much for watching. See you guys later. Have a nice Christmas.